Good morning, beautiful people. I'm Jamie Filer, personal trainer and self-development coach. Welcome to your Monday morning mindset shift, where I'm gonna teach you how to take what you're thinking and make it better. The glass is always half full, my friends. Today's shift is this. It's all about overcoming fear. And in times of uncertainty, specifically, we experience fear, right? Like, even if we just go back to the program, If you've never worked with an online trainer before, or if you've never attempted to count your macros, or if, uh, I don't know, you've you've never set foot in a gym before, you're going to feel fear because you are uncertain, right? You're stepping into the abyss. You've never done this. But the irony is that our response to fear often perpetuates it. How many times in our life have we been scared of something that we didn't know and we we blew it up in our head and we got anxious and we got stressed and we lost sleep and then finally the day came and we did the thing and we're like, well, that was anticlimactic. Like, what did I get myself so worked up for? And yet for some reason, the next time something falls into our lap that makes us uncertain and fearful, we do the exact same thing. We blow it up and we blow it up and then we pop the bubble and we're like, that wasn't so bad. What I'm trying to say is that it is our resistance to facing fear that magnifies the feeling. So that is what we're going to talk about today. What is fear? In order to understand it, we have to define it. Fear on a practical level is an unpleasant emotion, obviously, caused by the belief that someone or something is dangerous, likely to cause pain or a threat to our life or well-being. I don't just mean I don't just mean life like it's trying to kill me, but I mean life like I am comfortable and this thing is going to disturb my level of comfort. So to me, even though the the classic definition of fear uses the word emotion, right? Um it's an unpleasant emotion, they've rooted it in logic. So you are fearful because you believe x y z. We A fear is a perceived threat, right? That's the whole funny part about a fear is that it's, it's not, (laughs) it's not there. It's false evidence appearing real. You are fearful because you believe it is a threat to your well-being or your physical existence. So again, wrap your head around that. The fear isn't real. It's your blowing it up that makes it so difficult. Emotional dis-ease disease, right? I read something really profound. You guys know that I'm I'm obviously going to bring the four agreements into this because it's my favorite book. So I read something really profound in the four agreements. And, and this one resonated more with me regarding fear. Fear on a spiritual level is a disease and the symptoms of the disease are what make us suffer. We get angry, right? Sometimes when we are scared, let's say, for example, you and your significant other are fighting. There's a part of you that might think, oh my God, what if this is our last fight? Like, what if this is the one that breaks us up? So you get angry and you almost start fighting harder. Hate, you can have hate in your heart uh, when you get scared. Uh, For example, if you have an ill parent, let's say they got the, the big C diagnosis, right? You can start to hate them. Why? Because that's, that's your person, right? They were supposed to be around forever, right? For a lot of us, like, our dads are our superheroes. And now all of a sudden they get diagnosed with something and, and we find out they're actually mortal. We start to hate them. Of course, there's sadness. Sometimes when we get scared, we get sad. There's envy and there's also betrayal. 
when the fear is too great and overcomes us, all reasoning mind begins to fail and we give ourselves mental illness. We give ourselves anxiety. We bring upon ourselves depression. And it seems almost easier to break contact with the outside world than to stare fear in the eye. It is easier to cut off. It is easier to keep that significant other at arm's length. It is easier to go into denial about your parents' diagnosis. There's so much we do uh, once we once we make ourselves ill that doesn't at all help solve the problem and in fact just helps shut us out more and more and more. And again, if if we have like a 50% logical and a 50% emotional, the more you shut yourself off, the smaller the logic gets and the bigger the bad emotion gets. So what can we do about it? What can we do when something scares us? Or again, not just, I, I use the word scare because sometimes obviously fear is associated with, with I'm scared. Um, but what can we do when that feeling of uncertainty comes, right? Number one, address one head at a time. Okay, think of this as a epic to-do list. I'm sure this is uh, something a lot of us can relate to, right? Uh, Monday morning rolls around and you have this laundry list of stuff you have to do at work, at home, in terms of self-care, right? Even just for this program alone, I labeled seven things that technically you guys have on your plates for this to work every single day. So fear is a monster with a million heads. What can we do? Tackle each head individually. The same way you guys have, depending on how long, obviously we've been working together, you probably have a routine down by now for how to get your water in over the course of the day. When your workouts, cardio and steps are going to be scheduled, uh, when and how you're going to get to your nutrition protocols, right? Whether you're going to kind of meal plan the night before or the morning of, whether you're going to put it in my fitness pal or just put all of your clean eating in a Tupperware, right? That's you addressing the monster of fitness one thing at a time. You guys, you chop off their head one day at a time. And then at the end of the week, when you send me your weekly report, it's usually really good. You said, essentially, Jamie, I tackled five out of the monster seven heads. And I say, I'm proud of you, right? So go after whatever it is you want. Go after the fear one thing at a time. Ask for a promotion. That's one head. Uh, then go after, ask her out on a date, that head. Then, right, like give each head individual names and then just slay the dragon one head at a time. But don't try to tackle it all at once. Next, we've got starve it slash don't feed it. Okay, so there are kind of two two different ways of um, approaching. I, again, I'm using monster because it's something we can kind of all relate to. So you've seen the fairy tales. Uh, you lock the monster away in the dungeon, right? That's super common, right? Or in the tower. To do this, you have to gain control of the monster in the first place, aka gain control of your emotions. Rain that shit in. I know this is easier said than done. I promise you, I know, but you can do it. And it starts by not fueling the emotions that come from fear. When a thought pops into your head about the past or the future and you start to get anxiety because now you're no longer living in the present, right? Push it out. It has no right to be there. It has no right to steal your peace of mind from you. Don't push it under the rug. Don't say, I'll deal with this later. 
legitimately push it out. A great uh, way of doing this and something I use, again, we've spoken about this before, your brain thinks in terms of pictures, not words. Um, so I picture whatever that that thought is that's, that's frightening me. Um, I picture it like a thought bubble in an Archie comic or something like that. And then I take my pin and I pop it. And that thought comes crashing down to the floor like an anvil in Looney Tunes, right? So that's you starving it. That's that's you not giving it any more of your time, effort, or energy. Every time we tell ourselves that we're not strong enough, not smart enough, not good enough, not pretty enough, not educated enough, not wealthy enough, we feed the fear. That's you essentially going up to the monster and saying like, hey, I just thought I'd bring you breakfast, okay? As a result, we the monster the monster grows because you're feeding it. And then we don't have as much confidence to go after our dream, to go after the job, to go after the girl, to go after whatever it is you want out of this life, to whatever it is your Super Bowl is, you don't have the confidence because you fed the monster. And now the monster is bigger than you are. Our own voices have a very good strategy to keep us down. It, it stops us from gaining the skill. I'm too old to get a new job. This is the only thing I know. I'm too old to start a new relationship. Uh, I never had the resources to learn how to X, Y, Z. I'm, I'm not capable enough to start a new hobby. It stops us. The knowledge and exercising our talents to make our dreams come true are stolen from us by the monster. So we not only have to starve it by not thinking those things in the first place or like popping the bubble, the bubble of the automatic negative thoughts, but we also have to refrain from feeding it. So don't tell yourself that shitty narrative that you're not capable of doing something. Next one, stop beating yourself up for avoiding it. Okay. If you call yourself names or you put yourself down consistently, you'll just avoid more, right? If we put it in the context of this fitness relationship, I've had clients who have missed you know, one check-in or even two check-ins, right? Chances are by this point, I will have messaged you about it, but they'll miss two check-ins and then completely shut themselves down because there's embarrassment, there's frustration, there's shame, and there's guilt. I let you down. I didn't do, I didn't do my two check-ins. So I just, I kind of gave up. That's you beating yourself up for avoiding it, right? Um, because in doing anything, literally anything, just by walking out of your door first thing in the morning, you risk doing something wrong. Acknowledge that. It's okay, right? We literally started this call off with essentially the fact that perfection is a myth and it, it really looks different to everybody. But either way, nobody's going to be perfect, right? That behavior, thinking you have to be perfect, beating yourself up for not being perfect, that is going to rob you of your confidence faster than not getting the job you wanted, getting rejected by the person that you wanted, whatever else it is, right? problem is that sometimes you secretly believe that you are absolutely right to beat yourself up that way. We're not going to go into it. It probably stems from something in your childhood. For me, it was the mom who always said, you know, if you got 98% on a test, what happened to the other 2%? Okay. That's why you guys know that I'm type A, but <laughs> I hate to say my mom broke me. Obviously I'm working through this. I'm healing, but still, Somebody told you that you should beat yourself up for not being perfect. Again, may have been a significant other, may have been your mom. It came from somewhere. We have to work through that. 
We have to work through it. You have to be willing to revise those secret beliefs and create better ones that sustain your confidence and support your dream. You have to put in the work in order to change this particular behavior. Because again, if it came from your childhood, there have been more years of you beating yourself up than me telling you, you don't have to. So as long as you start today, as long as you start with the next belief that comes into your head, you will succeed. You will overcome. Find an encouraging voice. The other problem with the previous slide is that um, you believe that, that beating yourself up is an effective strategy to get you going wrong. It demoralizes you, right? Some people are like, I motivate myself by telling myself how awful I am. Do you know what's going on in your body physiologically and psychologically when you beat yourself up? It is not motivating, right? Horses run faster when they're chasing a carrot than when they're being beaten by a stick. It just doesn't work. If you think getting angry with yourself is like your motivator, that's not true, okay? Develop the knowledge and skills to help your dreams come true, okay? Have someone in your corner, right? It goes back to, I hate to always bring it back to like the five people you spend the most time with, but it's true, right? And even if you don't have like five solid friends, that's okay. The podcasts that you listen to, the shows that you watch, the books that you read, right? Um, I forget who it was, but there's like a famous quote that said, essentially like the five people I spend the most time with are dead. And it was because they only read books from these like crazy, awesome, brilliant authors, and that's who they surrounded themselves with, right? So like if I were to think about the five people I spend the most time with, Tony Robbins and Mel Robbins are two of them. And then like, yeah, okay, I have Katie and then probably two other friends, but still find an encouraging voice. Tackle the monster all at once. <laughs> I know that rule number one was uh, tackle one head at a time, but this is different. When I say tackle the monster all at once, I say acknowledge the fears and stay present. So this, instead of tackle the monster, this could also be stare the monster in the face. Acknowledge that it's there. You cannot run from, again, the diagnosis. You cannot run from whatever your monster is, whatever has us afraid, but hasn't actually happened yet. Here and now, right here in this moment, you are safe. So become aware that we are dreaming all of the other times. What happened yesterday? That's a dream. What's going to happen tomorrow? Also a dream. That's your imagination, right? So we are 99% of the time, especially if you struggle with anxiety, you are somewhere else that is not right here right now. But if you have the awareness that everything that's happening to you is the result of what you're believing and thinking about, then you can begin to change it. So stare the monster in the face. Make an active decision to do it. You at one point made an active decision to procrastinate or avoid taking action, even if you didn't know that at the time, right? You and only you are responsible. You chose to watch TV or clean the bathroom rather than face your anxiety. You chose to watch TV instead of journal. You chose to scroll Instagram instead of doing a guided meditation or writing your affirmations, right? You chose to do literally anything else instead of problem solving to help you be more confident. So decide regularly to do something constructive to build your confidence. Find your favorite quote and post it on the bathroom mirror. 
ask me for resources about journal prompts. Uh, Go buy the book Badass Affirmations and read one to yourself every night and every morning. Watch your favorite YouTube inspirational video with your morning coffee. Make an active decision to do this. And then finally, now go do it. If you procrastinate on something that you need to do, that's you feeding the monster because it wins. Every day that you don't take care of your mental health or your physical health, you are feeding that monster instead of starving it. Don't let the action that will advance your dream constantly slide to the bottom of your to-do list, right? How many people, right? You guys are all in this room because you made the decision to better yourselves, at least what you thought was the physical training part, right? And maybe five years ago, it was at the bottom of your to-do list. But for whatever reason, you decided that now was going to be the time to tackle whatever goal you had for yourself physically and emotionally, right? Go do that in other areas of your life. And if you think, I can't, now isn't a good time. Again, remember that you're in this room right now. You made the decision with me. So fact check your limiting belief that it's not a good time and say, it probably wasn't a good time when you started with me. You were probably going through some shit. You probably didn't have the time. You may not have had the money or you were nervous about the investment. And yet here you are. And hopefully you've gotten something out of it. But If it can apply to me and our relationship, it can apply to another area of your life. I promise you, you build a little bit of confidence every time you take action. So start taking action on your to-do list now. And that's your Monday morning mindset shift. I appreciate you listening. If you loved what you heard, subscribe, like, share, and tag me in stories about this podcast. I'll share back. Until next time, the glass is always half full, my friends.